Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast, the number one podcast on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Austin, founder of Halstead Collective, a new and innovative voice in Chicago sports media. And very shortly, I'll be joined by my co-host, Reese. In this episode, we have a wide variety of fun and interesting Bears topics coming to you before the start of the regular season. First off, we're going to be going over some of the quick news, including the Raiders letting go of former Bear Prince of Mukamara and the Giants signing Logan Ryan, who is snagging that second outside wide receiver position for the Chicago Bears and our predictions outside of training camp, David Montgomery's injury and who could possibly replace him, whether or not the Chicago Bears should sign Leonard Fournette, how this past offseason could in fact get Ryan Pace fired from the Chicago Bears GM position, and Reese and I's final thoughts about the quarterback position before the quarterback is announced. But before we get into the show, we want to give a quick couple of announcements. Please, if you guys haven't followed us on social media already, follow us at Chicago Bear Necessities. It's a great way for you guys to reach out and connect with us there. Also, if you're coming from our YouTube, welcome. We're glad to have you. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you make sure you get notifications whenever we upload. And hey, if you haven't checked out our YouTube yet, go ahead and check that out. Just type in Chicago Bear Necessities or Bear Necessities Chicago Bears podcast. You'll find us immediately. Uh, We're growing a lot on there, so we appreciate all you guys. Thank you guys so much, and let's get into the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. This week, we have a wide variety of topics, and we're happy to be back with you again. It seems like uh, it's been a while since we're back on the podcast. I'm still not getting used to this scaled back upload schedule. Yeah, I mean, it does feel more spaced out, but I think uh, in a way, it's kind of a a good thing, at least in the time being, where we can kind of get a lot of the the camp news in a good episode, you know, you know, we're kind of right in front of the, the Leonard Fournette news, you know, here recording just a couple hours before we're probably going to get a decision from him or might learn if he comes to the Bears or not. So, you know, we're kind of right on top of things right now, which is very exciting and uh, just awaiting some interesting news, hopefully. And guys, don't worry too much. We're going to be going back to our upload sc- our two times a week upload schedule pretty quickly. Um, but for right now, we decided to scale back. Just for you guys who don't know, we tend to do two episodes a week, but we decided to scale back just to kind of focus on how we can upgrade the podcast, what we can do better for you guys. Obviously, a part of that was uh, increases in quality. So we're going to do whatever we can uh, to do that. Probably a new intro coming soon. We're really trying to figure everything out in that regard. Um, and right now, you know, we're getting into the, the beginning of the season. It's, this is the actual last week before the Chicago Bears start preparing for their opponents going into Detroit week one. Um, and we, you know, we have some news, but media access has been canceled off. So uh, this is going to just be kind of a review episode, I'd say, for the most part, um, kind of talking over some of the storylines right now and how we think about the quarterback situation going into week one. Um, so anything else, Reese? How are you doing this week? Pretty good, uh, you know, just getting back into the swing of things, really, and, uh, you know, getting through it. You know, interesting that things have kind of worked out the way that they have, but, you know, here we are with uh, kind of just having one face-to-face class and the rest online, so kind of just getting used to balancing that and that schedule and making sure you don't forget things. I always find things to be a little more uh, hard to remember when it's, like, online. Yes, exactly, exactly. I'm all online for school right now. And, uh, you know, I'm still in the Chicagoland area. I'm probably going to be heading back to Los Angeles relatively quickly. Um, But I'm ultimately pretty excited um, just to get over with this uh, first semester. Hopefully, you can get back to in-person classes next semester. Um, But we're ultimately going to have to see about that. So let's get into the quick news around the NFL. 
First and foremost, the Raiders ended up releasing Prince of Mukamara, so former Bear is not actually going to be playing for the Raiders this season. They cited Damon Arnett playing pretty well in training camp and rather giving him uh, the go-ahead to perform there. Some Bears fans are calling for him to uh, come back to us and maybe uh, get one last season in with us before he probably ends up retiring. Um, but other teams are looking at him as well. Reese, uh, any any thoughts to uh, Prince Mukamara possibly rejoining the Bears? Yeah, you know, I'm not a huge fan of it. I think that, um, you know, I have a lot of confidence in uh, Jalen Johnson and, and also, you know, Pia everyone else that's behind them uh, with all that depth, even though we've kind of had a couple injuries at that position during camp, of course, you know, Artie Burns went down early, um, which, which hurt. But at the same time, I think that the bears are pretty good at position. I like they've gone younger. Of course, you know, Kyle Fuller is holding down that first cornerback position. And, uh, you know, I think they are a good cast of the people behind them. So I don't think that Prince Mukmara is someone that we really need back. And, you know, there was a reason why we felt okay with moving on from him in the first place. That's what I'll say. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be too upset if they brought him back just as a depth move, but I would definitely want Jalen Johnson to get the start there. Um, it might come up with some sort of conflict, though, considering it's the previous starter uh, kind of starting behind a rookie and especially someone as, you know, as good of a player as Prince Mukamara, you know, he, he's had his ups and downs through his career, but honestly, uh, he was a really important part of that New York Giants team who ended up winning a Super Bowl. Um, he was really, really pretty good defender throughout most of his career. So might be a little bit too much of an ego hit and might end up causing some, you know, conflict and troubles there. So personally, I would like us to stay away from him and um, just kind of roll with our younger guys. I'm excited to see what Jalen Johnson can provide us in the future. Um one last piece of quick news. The New York Giants actually signed Logan Ryan, uh, the cornerback from the Tennessee Titans, and I believe previous Patriot player. Uh, he He's going to go ahead and head to New York. That's going to really boost their secondary there. I know they have some other pieces that they like a decent amount, but a team that really struggled with uh, having any decency in their secondary over the past couple of years. You know, some quick thoughts on it. I think that it was a good move by the Giants. And, uh, you know, for Logan Ryan as well, I, I, he gets to finally be kind of his own star over there. Um, and as far as the Tennessee Titans go, I'm sure they'll be fine without him as well. Yeah, it, it was uh, an interesting move. I think, you know, you highlight a lot of Giants' problems and they're kind of looking for, you know, yet another bounce back year. They've kind of been in a pretty bad rut recently. And, you know, their defense was something that was actually was pretty strong, like, what, at least three years ago, you know, Landon Collins was kind of on top of the league, um, of course, and playing very well at safety, and they really kind of fallen off from that position. So I think Logan Ryan will help provide a lot of stability there, and they're usually a team that you associate to having some pretty good, you know, defensive backs as well. You know, you did bring up Prince of Mukamara, they had Dominique rogers Cromartie for a good stint, so it would be... Uh, you know, you expect the Giants to get back to those ways of having a good secondary, but they've just struggled so, uh, so you know, so much to get any kind of production offensively and defensively the past couple of years. Also notably busted with Eli Apple having to trade him away. Uh, he kind of caused a lot of issues there in their locker room. So uh, just kind of having a, a wide variety of issues at that DB core. I know they trade away Landon Collins. Um, and then just obviously that secondary really diminished past there. Uh, so let's get into the actual first Bears topic. And the first thing we want to discuss is who is snagging that second outside wide receiver position? It's something that we talked about extensively on the podcast, how important it's going to be to have someone to balance out Allen Robinson, someone to replace Taylor Gabriel's speed. 
And uh, it looks like we have some contenders coming in. Riley Ridley and uh, Darnell Mooney seem, in my opinion, to be the top two options. But Javon Wims is supposedly fighting uh, very heavily for that position as well. So it looks like Javon Wims will actually make this roster. I know we talked about the possibility of him being cut if we didn't have any issues. But something that I've been uh, you know, initially surprised about is just how little of news we've gotten on Ted Gidd Jr. You know, we talked about him potentially being a cut candidate, a surprise cut candidate um, going into the season. We compared him to the Victor Cruz situation. Wow, another New York giant <laughs> coming back up in this <laughs> podcast. Um, right. But but ultimately, as far as the second outside wide receiver goes, it's, really, it's going to be really tough to figure out who exactly is grabbing that position. No one is necessarily sticking out dominantly, but if I have to cast my bet, I'm going to say it's going to be Mooney uh, kind of coming from behind from all the other wide receivers just because of the speed he brings to the room. You know, he's going to help balance out Allen Robinson a lot, provide some good deep threat. And apparently he's been sticking out pretty well in camp. Yeah, I I, uh, I was kind of hoping you were going to say Ridley because I wanted to be able to, to go against you. But I really think it's Mooney <laughs> and I think it's, you know, for the fact that what you brought up is the balance between him and uh, Allen Robinson. I, I think Ridley is good. He's got a lot of great characteristics, um, and he's a lot like Allen Robinson, which is a good thing. But in the case of them lining up, you know, on opposite sides of the field or, you know, next to each other, if it's like a twins package or something like that, you know, they're just too much of the same. And I, I would like to see, you know, someone like Mooney that has a bit different of characteristics, the ability to stretch that field out more. And, you know, honestly, I, I know that it's not something that we're going to expect and, I don't think it's something that Nagy will end up doing, but I really would be fine with uh, Miller taking a few snaps on the outside too. Mm-hmm. I, I know he's great out of the slot, but something that me and you talked about a long time ago uh, is you know trying to get you know Miller some snaps and try to be that wide receiver too, because especially they have Ted Ginn that can also work out of that slot if he does end up making the team, which you know it probably looks like. But like you said, odd that we have not heard very much about him. That that's for sure. And I think that we could actually see him cut. We talked about that. Uh, it might be a little bit of a surprise thing for us, but ultimately, I think we might have kind of seen it coming. Someone who's kind of seen a decline has had some bad drops throughout his career. They're pretty notable. Um, but ultimately, I think that we are going to see mostly Mooney in that spot, but I also see a timeshare kind of there with Ridley as well. I think Ridley offers us a little bit more when you get into the red zone. Um, from what I've seen, or from what I've heard, at least from you know the people who are at training camp, Bears training camp, that that is, um, they're saying that Mooney, he kind of looks like Tabor, Taylor Gabriel, but he's just a much better catcher of the ball and he's much better with his body mo- his body motions and just being able to control his body, being able to go up there and get a catch, which is something that you know Taylor Gabriel wasn't all that good at when he came here to Chicago. Obviously, a really short statue, stature. Mooney's a little bit bigger than him in that regard. Um, but you know, having a younger, uh, better version of Taylor Gabriel could really help this team out a lot. And you know, I was very skeptical of Mooney going into training camp. Um, I said that I don't know if he's going to be that good. I would have liked to see the pick go elsewhere. I know a lot of people were hyping him up going into the going into training camp, but I just didn't see it because. Hey, a lot of these young, uh, undersized, fast guys come into the league and they get a ton of hype with them and then don't really end up performing. So, 
you know, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope that we see him starting this season. That'd be huge for the Bears if we can have some real production there. And I think Ridley is going to see a lot more snaps in the red zone than Mooney will. Uh, Ridley, obviously a bigger guy, really good route runner. Doesn't quite have the speed that his brother has, but ultimately still a really good player and really pretty good at contested catches. Um, Javon Williams, on the other hand, I think is going to see maybe some snaps there, but probably going to be the backup. Yeah, and even if it's working Javon Wims, you know, or, you know, Ridley or Mooney, I really just want to see, you know, good use, good, you know, balance of wide receiver play. I mean, you know, we talk about the balancing the run with the pass just in general and having balanced offense, but one thing we don't really get much time to talk about is kind of balancing those wide receivers, you know. Got into it a little bit on what I just said last time, but you want to have, you know, receivers that complement each other well that, you know, keep defensive guests keep defenses guessing and you know i think that utilizing rotating wide receivers i want to hear you know on the broadcast when the bears are playing whether it be Foles or trubisky hey this is the the seventh different receiver he's targeted today seven eighth different receiver that he's targeted today i want to hear things like that whether it's using variety of running backs in the passing game using cole Komet and jimmy graham um, and, you know, whoever the other tight end, you know, who's going to be pretty capable on the roster who ends up making it is. And then the bevy of receivers, I want to see them all get in, you know, action in the passing game. Yeah, that's a great point. We definitely need to find out a way how to, you know, kind of spread out this offense a little bit better, get the ball distributed better. Uh, obviously, I think Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet are going to offer us great, um, great options there into helping us do that, help us spread the field more, you know, open up maybe David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen in the passing game, take, take away some pressure from Allen Robinson. Um, but ultimately, you know, at that second wide receiver position, that is going to be incredibly important to helping this team become whole, allowing us to spread out the field and really allowing us to just be the best type of offense we can be. When one side of the field is lacking, it affects the other side. Um, so I, I, I think that initially, Reese, we both kind of talked about how, you know, we weren't so sure how this wide receiver position is going to go. And we didn't know if we are going to need to add another piece to this, but you know, it looks like right now that actually might not be the case, and we might actually have some decent wide receiver play out of that position. Yeah, they got some great traits, guys, and, and I mean that fully. They have a lot of people that have the, the perfect traits that really do complement each other well. It's just about getting that mesh and kind of making every you know receiver kind of feel like that role that they have within the team and that role within the passing game. So even when they're not getting you know, snaps, you know, say if it's like someone like Javon Wims, who has plenty of talent, I believe, but just doesn't really have a chance because it's kind of a crowded room, you know, when Wims's number gets called up, he knows exactly what he's supposed to go out there and do. Kind of just finding that role in your team and kind of, you know, it's very cliche, but, you know, the more, like, connectivity and chemistry that your team can have, you know, just the better you are. So I think everyone kind of finding their role within the team and that, you know, role within something greater would be something that's going to, really help make a bear the bears make a deep push if they you know end up having a real successful year and we will get into leonard fournette but for right now we're going to start off by switching topic to another one of our running backs david montgomery who was actually injured during camp he ended up having a groin strain which you know is kind of 
it's not the the worst case scenario, but uh, it's definitely not uh, the best case scenario either. Those tend to have uh, uh, they tend to linger a little bit. I don't know if you guys remember Trey Burton had a simple groin strain <laughs> right before the Eagles game somehow, and then uh, somehow it led to him being hurt into the regular season the next year. Uh, so that, it just goes to show you that these groin strains can really linger. Uh, obviously, he was injured in a non-contact hit. It looked a lot worse than it probably was. And uh, right now, my biggest question for the Chicago Bears is going into week one, which we're not certain that David Montgomery will be back. Who is starting right now? Because <laughs> right now, it's either going to be Ryan Nall or Artavis Pierce, because Tariq Cohen certainly can't be the only running back on this roster. Yeah, surely not. Uh, you know, I know we have that one particular commenter on YouTube that's all for Ryan Nall and has been <laughs> has been seeing this one through you, through the whole time. Um, so I mean, we'll see if he ends up being right, but I, I I do tend to think that Artavis Pierce will be taking the majority of snaps at, at least right now. Um, being the case, just kind of yeah, kind of has the most complete uh, package as far as what you need out of a running back. I mean, surely it's not going to be Tory Cohen exactly. He's a gadget player. Um, so we're not going to see him take the majority of the workload. I mean, it's something that, you know, being a Chargers fan, I remember with, uh, Sproles and Rivers, I think they did it in like 08, 09 or something like that, where, or whenever LT left them, they just worked with Darren Sproles and it worked all right, but you kind of limit your offense, become a very pass heavy offense doing that. Um, so it's not, not the route I expect the Bears to go, but, and then, you know, kind of taking a bit of a detour from what exactly the Bears are doing. You know, with Montgomery, I just kind of hope that this is, like you said, it's a lingering issue. I hope that it's something that he's able to mentally block out. It seems like all the great running backs kind of have to deal with a, a lingering injury that they're kind of always thinking about during their career. So hopefully it works out for him. You know, I know with Ladanian Tomlinson, it was his plantar fasciitis, or he always had like bad toe or something like that, turf toe. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson tore an ACL. He didn't really, not too confident with his knees. So hopefully this is just something that Montgomery can kind of manage, but probably something he's going to be thinking about, you know, at least this first couple games back. And, you know, it's something that maybe it's a little bit unfair to attribute it completely to, but we were hearing a lot about how he was losing weight, how he lost weight, but it put on muscle. And when you uh, go through that quite that large of a body weight transformation, I think he lost eight pounds. And um, actually, I think he lost eight pounds and his uh, body fat percentage went down drastically uh, as to that. So a lot more muscle on his body. When you start making those body transformations, uh, you you put yourself more prone to injuries, um, especially when you're changing your diet, when you're trying to take in less carbs, you definitely open up yourself to more injuries. So hopefully it's not in regard to that. We don't see that, you know, because he went through this body transformation this season that he might have some injury issues. Hopefully we don't see that. Hopefully his body is able to catch up before before camp. And hey, uh, to our uh, listener who uh, is a big fan of Ryan Nall, we know this is the uh, the day you've been waiting for. <laughs> for right, right now, Ryan Nall is looking to be the the starter into the beginning of uh, the Detroit Lions game. He's going to really take the load for the Chicago Bears and drill that ball right down the throats of the Detroit Lions, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, I, in all seriousness, uh, we, we appreciate all of our fan support on YouTube. We read all of your comments. Um, something that something that came up today, it was, it was pretty... Uh, you know, it, 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 I, I love the optimism that a lot of Bears fans have. And th- this <laughs> is a little too. off topic. We got a comment today from uh, a guy saying that the Bears are going to go undefeated this year <laughs> as soon as they sign Leonard Fournette. 
and uh <laughs> man i i love the optimism uh like in all serious in all seriousness like it seems like a lot of the 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 comments we get are from you know mentally abused bears fans and hey we're right there with you uh we feel that we feel all of the same stuff you do we are tired of this team losing but uh it's nice getting it on the flip side sometimes too where you get this you know we're going undefeated um type of mentality that we have oh and he also made the prediction just so just so we're clear if you if you made this prediction comment uh when whenever this video is up comment in the description we'll like your comment you'll be the only liked comment by us so you can get the the credit that you need uh, but he also made the prediction that we are going to um end up beating the philadelphia eagles as well on our way to the super bowl uh in on our way to the super bowl so yeah so you'll know who exactly that take came from uh, immediately once this video is uploaded i'm sure hopefully he's subscribed to us i really hope you are man um but yeah we love the optimistic comments please try to give us some more optimistic comments <laughs> uh it, it can be a little bit painful but going back to our tavis pierce um someone who we've tried to get on the podcast you never respond to my dms artavis uh but he's so uh he, he he's someone who uh he's someone who we we've really talked up you know he he has some good you know college film he has some good highlights uh but at the end of the day with, with him ryan all whoever's planned on being the starter we need to add another running back you know, and you know it's funny in the previous podcast we actually talked about potentially trading for leonard fournette We'll get into him in a second, but even if it's not Leonard Fournette, even if it is someone who's like uh, 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 Falcons, Falcons running back, old Falcons running back, uh, Devontae Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. It it can be a pain remembering all these names. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Devontae Freeman, even if it's someone like that, you know, Devontae Freeman had a couple great years. He was with them when they went to the Super Bowl and had that notable loss. Um, but he, he's been with them for, for a couple years. And I think that, uh, he's got the speed we need. He's a, he's a big hitter too, strong, big, powerful back, but also got speed. I I think he'd be a really good addition to the running back room. Or even if we go out and trade for, you know, a not as great player. I know it looks like Kalen Balaj is, um, going, going to probably be ended up, uh, uh, um, cut from cut from the dolphins uh he was supposed to be traded to the jets but some sort of injury thing happened and that ended up falling through so he might be available we just need to add somebody it seems like to be our starter that week yeah i mean i'm all for going out and scooping for net i, I know that there's there's thoughts there about you know the potential damage that could be done in the locker room and that and i understand it because the bears do have a very good locker room and it's something that has helped them a lot so i understand that you know, counter argument, but I think that he could really bring something in. Uh, you know, they do need someone. I, you know, I've been saying that my eyes have been on Devonta Freeman. Um, I just like what he has done there in the past. I know that he's getting up there in age a little bit, so that's always a concern with the running back. And his, I think his best years are probably behind him at this point. But he's someone that can bring you a little bit of everything, and that's exactly what the Bears are lacking in that running back room, which is a huge problem. And I know there's, you know, people saying, you know, it's three weeks, you know, by week one or week two, you know, Montgomery could be back or by at least by week three, you know, it's just a couple games and all that. But man, you need to have some depth and who knows, you add on one of these guys, you add a Fournette, you add a Freeman and they stick well to the team. You're going to be pretty happy that you went out there and got them, you know, worst comes to worst, you're signing them on a one year deal. Uh, full of incentives so it's keeping the cost low very low guaranteed money if any at all and then you know you cut them if anything goes wrong 
it's kind of I feel like it's a win-win. Yeah, and we're going to get into that in one second. Um, but b- before we do, uh, I want to give a big shout out to another one of our YouTube commenters. Uh, yeah, we I guess we will do some YouTube shout outs. Uh, I can't, I, I'm sorry, I also cannot remember your name slash username. But on the last video when we talked about the running game not being that good, he just, <laughs> he replied in all caps, R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> that was it. So thank you to whoever sent that as well. Um, and it's then very he went much on. Uh, Aaron Rodgers response right that's yeah. what he said yeah, yeah. and then and then he went on to uh, also comment on everyone else's response <laughs> that was worried the same thing so we we appreciate y'all um we we love since doing this youtube thing getting a little bit more feedback from you guys um again love the optimism also love when you guys comment uh you know a little bit of hate a little bit of what's firing you up we appreciate all those comments um, um actually not to cut you off yeah. the ones i love the most are when people call us packer fans <laughs> i love that one <laughs> We, we've been accused of being we've been accused of either being both homers and packers fans so it's yeah. uh <laughs> it goes both it's, ways yeah it's been uh it's been pretty brutal um but yeah let's go ahead and get into should the chicago bears sign leonard fournette um that has been a highly uh i guess debated topic by bears fans it seems like most bears fans want him to be signed um I know me personally, I want him to be signed as well. But Leonard Fournette, he was released by the Jaguars yesterday um, at the time we we're recording this podcast. And uh, he, uh, he, he's, he was a number four overall pick, had a you know pretty good rookie year. He tore his ACL somewhere um, throughout so far. And then uh, with uh, John DeFilippo, our current quarterbacks coach, he actually had a big year last year, uh, over 1,000 yards on a really bad Jacksonville Jaguars team that has a horrible offensive line as well. Um, from, I mean, obviously anyone should, uh, go look up the type of player he is just by his highlights. You can tell he's, you know, he's a quick guy. He's a hitter. He's really, he's He's got good vision. He's really, uh, instinctive, great runner, really. And, uh, we also have a uh, player and coach knowledge on him. Nick Foles obviously played with him just last year. I think he talked about him a little bit in an interview, uh, pretty recently. And then also John Day Filippo, as I said, offense coordinator. So, uh, the type of player he is, if he is a locker room cancer, if he's not, um, we we kind of have a good idea as to who he is. Uh, so Fournette would, if he joined this team, he'd probably instantly become the best player on our offense, or at least the second best player. That's a little bit debatable. Um, I'd tend to lean towards second best player after Allen Robinson. Um, but right now, it looks like the Chicago Bears need to sign a running back, or at least in our opinion, they do. So Reese, what is your initial thoughts on the Chicago Bears signing Leonard Fournette? My initial thought is... I think it's a good addition to the offense. I think what he delivers is a certain amount of power. Um, I know that my one worry about him is that sometimes his average can be low. So something kind of that we witnessed with Jordan Howard kind of in his last year where that average kind of continually went down. And, you know, he had that power, but seemingly sometimes couldn't really do much with it. Um, That'd be my one and only concern. But someone that, you know, I think would definitely help along the goal line and punching the ball into the end zone, something that the Bears have struggled a lot with. So I think he helps the Bears in a lot of positions in need. And I think along the goal, uh, along with his 1,000 yards rushing last season, I think he also had like 500-some yards receiving. He had a decent amount. So someone that can you know catch the ball in the backfield as well, which Montgomery was pretty good with. But you know something that the Bears... For, for whatever reason, they, it seems like they love to try to get the running back incorporated in the passing game, but just can't always get it to click. Um, you know, every now and then they'll hook up a good screen pass with Tariq Cohen, they'll go the distance. But 
consistently not really. So I think he can bring some intangibles, some of those traits that you know fall in line with a lot of what the Bears you know have needs at currently, um, especially in the absence of David Montgomery for the time being. And you know we talked extensively that even with David Montgomery currently on the roster before he was injured before any of that happened we talked about the importance that of adding a running back to this team yes they have David Montgomery but after that they don't have a whole bunch of talent Tariq Cohen yes he's a running back but he's not you know he he can't be a backup he can never take the full load of a game he shouldn't be taking the full load of a game we need to have another consistent and in my opinion proven talent for this team to be running behind and that, that's just the truth of the matter and you know we could say all we want, you know, the offensive line is bad. Yes, we, we should really focus on the offensive line. But at the end of the day, just having a, a, a good quality a good quality and good uh, quantity of running backs with a lot of different variable skills can really help the run game. And ultimately, that's what is leading me to say, yeah, we really should sign Leonard Fournette. I know that we have concerns about his character with Jacksonville Jaguars, but guess what? There's been a plenty of players on Jacksonville Jaguars who have, who have had character issues um, that, that could have been linked to just how the coaching staff was handling things, you know, the consistent frustration. And now the Chicago bears team isn't, uh, isn't, doesn't have its own frustrations associated with it as well. But at the same time, we do have uh, a lot better of a locker room. We, we do have a lot better coaching and I think that it could really take Fournette to the next level. And, you know, look at how Jalen Ramsey, once he got traded to the Rams, he stopped, you know, he stopped whining. Look at, I mean, there's there's plenty of players who, as soon as they have left this Jacksonville Jaguars team, they've been fine. They, 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 they haven't been locker room cancers or anything. And even the initial reports out of training camp was that Leonard Fournette was looking a lot more motivated. Now, maybe he was just doing that to, you know, save his butt. But at the end of the day, if he comes to the Chicago Bears and they claim him, that's a one-year, $4 million contract. That man needs to perform this year. Yeah. No, definitely. And, you know, it's obvious that the Jacksonville Jaguars have a bad culture. I mean, they can't, they've had a lot of players with really high upside that they just seemingly can't, you know, hold on to the team. So you kind of have to start looking at the organization itself when that becomes a pattern. And, yeah, I'm sure Leonard Fournette will bring a decent amount of motivation. I mean, obviously, he's going to be playing for a, a future contract wherever he goes. And, you know, hopefully if he fits in with the Bears, it's a place that he likes. You know, if he kind of breaks out and has a has a year that a lot of people weren't really expecting him to have and kind of finds this next level, then, you know, maybe the Bears pick him up and they have their answer as a future running back or at least part of the group. Um, one thing this really puts a lot of pressure on, though, was, you know, that move by Nagy to call Patterson a running back. And we we've been forgetting Patterson kind of through this whole discussion talking about Null and Cohen and Pierce but man what runs through my mind is this kind of puts a lot of pressure on Nagy's decision to call Patterson a running back because if he doesn't go out and sign another running back and relies on Patterson to be one of the guys that fills in steps up a lot it puts a lot of pressure on that move I think that's going to make Matt Nagy look like a joke if he does that Patterson is not going to be able to handle the full amount of carries that a running back should be handling, you know, in in a start with the Chicago Bears, especially when David Montgomery is not there. He at most should be getting like five snaps to five to six snaps a game at that position. He should really be in the screen game. He should be treated more like a Tariq Cohen. Um, 
he's not right for that position. Like that is not the player he is. He doesn't run with the pad level. He doesn't look like a running back. He's not built, you know, from his legs up. Cordell Patterson, you can call him a running back. You can call him a tight end. You can call him a wide receiver. Call him all you want. He's the same type of player. You know, you may be training right. him in the different types of plays to run than maybe the wide receivers, but he's the same player. It's not like he's going to make this switch to running back and instantly become a top of the line running back. That's not how it really works in the NFL. You're looking at a guy who has, you know, he, he played running back for a little bit in college, but for the most part, throughout his entire career, he's been a wide receiver. He is a better wide receiver. And it, it almost seems like we just put him in that position uh, just to kind of keep a roster spot for him, trying to kind of validate his point on the roster. And, you know, the Bears, they carry four running backs quite a bit. So go ahead and add Fournette. Then this is your running back room. You got Fournette and Montgomery who are able to take main workloads. And you have Cohen and Patterson who are able to take kind of specialty, specialty plays. But at the end of the day, it's just... We don't need Ryan Nall or Artavis Pierce. We 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 shouldn't want them to be our starter going into week one. We we shouldn't want them, and we don't have to have them there. And that's what's going right. to kind of aggravate me if we don't go out and make this move. It's one thing, you know, if some team claims him on the waiver wire that's ahead of us. I, I mean, that's out of our control. But if we let Leonard Fournette go and go into week one with Ryan Nall as our starter on this roster, or Artavis Pierce, an undrafted free agent who has never taken a snap in the NFL, that is a huge, huge indictment, not only on Matt Nagy, but on Ryan Pace. Yeah, and, and we said this too. You know, you texted me yesterday, hey, you know, if it ends up being that the Bears passed on all these moves that they could have made this offseason. This isn't the first time we've called for the Bears to go out there and sign someone or have at least said for them to consider it. I mean, we were talking about with Home Warford way, way back when, but of course he opted out, so that was kind of a, you know, the point was moot. But, you know, we've talked about, you know, potentially bringing in Earl Thomas, and neither of us agreed with that. But it becomes, you know, that Ryan Pace passed on all these people and they end up working out in different places and the Bears struggle at that position. Ryan Pace is going to have a lot of questions to answer. And, and, and Matt Nagy will too. Um, you know, there's just been a lot of opportunities for them to go out there and they've been pretty stagnant. They've been quiet. And I do feel a lot better about this Bears roster. But, you know, like you said, in a sense, you get that, the feeling that the Bears don't really want to go all out. They're being a bit reserved. They're trying to be competitive this season, but they're not really you know, trying to make that huge push. Absolutely. And I think that we can kind of, you know, obviously wrap up the Leonard Fournette signing with, yeah, we want him, but we don't know or think necessarily that the Bears are going to go grab him. I really hope that we're wrong and that we could be in inserting something right here saying that, oh my God, I can't believe the Bears went out and signed Leonard Fournette um, because the waiver wire is about to end probably about an hour after we you know, close up this podcast. So we're going to see that very soon. I think that he will be claimed on the waiver wire. I mean, one year, $4 million contract for a player like Leonard Fournette, arguably one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. That's a home run. That's a home run deal. You, you can't yeah. have a better deal than that. So, yeah, I, I do think the Chicago Bears should sign Leonard Fournette if Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are willing to do that. I don't necessarily think so. I have a I have a really good feeling that we're not going to sign Leonard Fournette. I hope that I'm wrong. I am hope that we can, you know, cut up this little segment of me and, and, and say how wrong I was, right? But that, <laughs> that, that doesn't seem like it's going to necessarily be the case. So let's move on to exactly what you were talking about, Reese, just a minute ago. This offseason can absolutely determine Ryan Pace's fate. And, you know, we 
we talked about it earlier in the off season and we kind of talked about, you know, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's fate if the season doesn't go that well. And before I think free agency maybe or the draft, I can't I can't remember exactly when this was, but it was, it was before we made some moves. And I said, you know what? I don't think that Ryan Pace is going to get fired if we have a bad season because I think Ryan Pace has done enough to show that he is a good GM. He's really good at drafting players. He he makes some splash moves that that, that really put this team ahead of other teams. Right. But the more and more I think about it and the more and more this offseason goes on, this can absolutely be Ryan Pace's last year for the Bears. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this off by saying I am a huge fan of Ryan Pace. But again, as you said, he's left a ton on the table and said no thank you to it. And I, I don't think we should necessarily, you know, I don't think it's fair to always hold what a GM doesn't do over them. So like for Ryan Pace, I don't know if it was necessarily fair to hold you know, the fact that he didn't draft Deshaun Watson over him. Because there's also another 31 other teams that could have made that happen. Same with Patrick Mahomes. There was a 31 other teams that could have made that happen, that could have traded. Yeah. You know, even teams that didn't have a first-round pick could have traded a player, could have done that. 31 other teams did that, right? Only one team selected him. So it's not necessarily fair to hold that over Ryan Pace in choosing if he's a good GM or not. But this offseason is a little bit different because we have had opportunity after opportunity to sign some big name players. And I know all of us Bears fans are tired of hearing these names, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and then some of these next names I'm going to bring up. But these are some players that the Bears absolutely had an opportunity to sign and willingly chose not to. Cam Newton. First one we talked about extensively. I'm not even sure that Cam Newton would have been the best option for this year. But if Cam Newton goes on and wins a Super Bowl for, you know, the Patriots, that's going to look horrible for Ryan Pace. Yeah. Next person, right? Earl Thomas. We said that we didn't even really want Earl Thomas, right? He's a huge risk associated with him. But hey, we kind of need a safety still. And Earl Thomas is one of the best in the NFL. Okay, Leonard Fournette. We don't necessarily know if this is going to happen yet. But if Ryan Pace says, no, we're good on Leonard Fournette, while we need a running back, while we go into week one with Ryan Nall as our starter currently, what it, what does that say? You know, what does it say to the team is my question. What is going into week one against the Detroit Lions in one of the most impactful years in not only the GM's career, but the head coach's career and some of the quarterbacks we have on this roster with Ryan Nall as our starting running back? What does that say to the team? What does that say to the Bears organization where, you know, we have some aging defensive pieces. Khalil Mack is going to be young forever. And then we also have Snacks Harrison that we're, that we're just letting go of. Not someone that's right out there on the table for us that we could go grab, you know, so, you know, uh, uh, Freeman from the, that was on the Falcons. He's out there waiting for a team to pick him up. Don't don't go out and, and get him. We're leaving a lot on the we're leaving a lot on the a lot on the line this season. We also got yeah. you know two Minnesota Vikings starting linemen. Okay, Josh Klein and then Riley, uh, Riley Reef is is uh, going to be coming. I'll probably uh, cut pretty soon. And uh, we're letting these guys just sit there on the open market. That is really, really concerning to me as a Bears fan. Yeah, and you know the one that really stands out to me. I'm glad you mentioned was Snacks Harrison. I mean, to me, that one was like a. It it, it was actually what's happened here, it, and it will look really bad with pace just for these reasons because it's been perfect timing. Like this Fournette situation is perfect timing for the Bears. It oh, happened absolutely. right after the Montgomery injury. And, and the not, Cam Newton. And Cam well, Newton. 
Yeah, and Cam Newton. And, and Axe then, MVP somehow makes it to the open market for a, a pretty much a veteran minimum deal with some incentives just in the season that you're looking for a quarterback. Yeah. There's plenty and of not, Nick Foles is that hit the open market. Not to mention Andy Dalton before the Cowboys even got oh, him. Oh, yeah, true. The Bears had plenty of opportunity to go out and get him. You know, but Snacks Harrison, right after Goldman went down, seemed like, man, he was the obvious place to go right for the defensive tackle. So it's just been a lot of potential to make some quick, you know, fixes on some pretty easy, you know, contracts that aren't going to set you back. You know, if they go bad, they go bad. Hey, you only brought him in for one year. You're not signing this person to a multi-year huge deal where he's going to become the top or the one of the top players paid in the league. You're not making a commitment like that. You're making a one-year deal to try to hope that something will work for your team. And, you know, they've just, they've neglected that. And in a sense, I respect the pride of, hey, you know, we have players, you know, you brought up the Bears still need something from safety. You know, hey, we, we still got Dion Bush. Like, good for them. I understand that feeling and that want to grow from inside and embrace players that have been brought up through the organization. But at the same time, if there's something better out there, you know, go out and get it if you're going to be serious about winning. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to put it is go out and get it. And, you know, we didn't even bring up the fact that now obviously this is a moot point because Warford ended opting out. Larry Warford, a three-time Pro Bowler over the past three years, randomly gets cut from the Saints, and we have a need at offensive guard. We've had plenty of options to improve the offensive line and plenty of capital to do so. We've had plenty of options to improve the running back game and plenty of options to do so. Hell, we've had plenty of options to add another third quality quarterback to this you know, quarterback room, and we willingly chose not to. That is some that is a fireable offense by Ryan Pace. And I'm not saying I hope that he gets fired. I'm really not. And I'm not even going to say that, you know, Cam Newton would have been better than Nick Foles this season. I think that I've made it very clear that I think Nick Foles was the right move for this season. But at the end of the day, we have Tyler Bray as our third quarterback on this roster. What does that say to the players? Like like what he's he's probably going to make pretty similar to what Cam Newton is going to make this year. It, 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 and as far as a contract goes, what do, what does that really say to the team? It's almost like they're mailing it in. They're like, okay, we you know we picked up a quarterback. We're we're good there. We're not going to think about that anymore. Well, I mean, I really wonder what what Ryan Pace is doing right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in a way too, it's it's what does it say to the players? What does it say to the fans? You know, I think the Bears honestly have such a great fan base, and you know. You know, being a fan of another team, I can look at the Bears and their fan base and being like, wow, you guys don't really know what you got and like how important it is and how nice it is to have a fan base that's that loyal. I mean, the Bears, you know, haven't been giant killers in the past, you know, years. I mean, they're on an uptick right now. They're on an upward slope and they're getting better and things have been getting better in this naggy and pace era. But, you know, these fans have seen a lot of rough times and, you know, not to bring up the YouTube comments again, but we see it. Like, there's people in there that say, yo, don't get tricked into it. It's just another bear season. Like, something's going to go wrong. And, you know, just going out there and, and trying to win and being serious, like you said, I mean, there's only so many years left in, in Khalil Mack's legs. He's not going to be young forever. You know, at people, other people on the defense are starting to age. Team I mean, Hex, Danny yeah, Trevathan. You never, you also, you never know when one of these, you know, star players on the defense is going to come down with a, you know, a season-ending injury that's really that could take their production level back. So, 
you know, in a way you need to scale your development and time your development so things come together when you want it. But when you have a shot for it, you got to go out there and get it. I mean, I think everyone, you know, who's Cubs fans on this podcast, you know, people weren't necessarily expecting them to win it in 2016. Everyone was saying, hey, 27, 2018, that's their year. But as soon as they saw that they could do it in 2015, they put everything together, they sent it, and went all for it, and they ended up winning it, you know? Sometimes you just have to take the shot. Yeah, and exactly. And we can make as much fun as we want for with the uh, the Rams or the Eagles and how things haven't been working out for them that well over the past couple of years. But at the end of the day, it seems like they consistently are doing more and more to try to win now. You know, it's left them with, you know, at this point, some of their rosters are declining and they obviously have issues. But at the end of the day, at least they can say that they gave it their full go every single year. And if we're, we, and here's the, at the end of the day, we, you know, we gave some serious, some decent money to a quarterback who has won a Super Bowl in the past. Okay. I'm not saying that he is going to win a Super Bowl, but we know that it's not off the table for this guy. All right. He's done it before. There's very few quarterbacks in the NFL who have a Super Bowl. He's done it before. And then, trying to sell the fan base. Yeah, we're still trying to go for it this year. We're, you know, we're still going all out. We still have faith in the quarterbacks we have on the roster. But at the same time, not put pieces around them that are you know abundantly clear to be good players. Uh, again, an, another concerning move. And here's the only thing that I could possibly think of for why we're not doing this. Is that maybe the Bears don't want to win as much as we think they do. Maybe right now, you know, they're trying to kick the can down the line till next year so they can just grab a new quarterback and start all over. And that is, I think, you know, at the end of the day, the plan. But why not this year go out and try to win? Why, you know, if you're going to try to get better than worse than a or better than a top five pick or get, I guess, worse than a top five pick, like under, under, you know, over five, like six, seven, eight. If you're trying to do that, right, why not go all in? Because you're going to have to trade up anyways to get one of these top quarterbacks. At least give fans an entertaining season. And maybe, you know, maybe Ryan Pace has the security from the management right now. And maybe Matt Nagy does too. Maybe they're saying, hey, we're all in on you. Take your time. You know, just just do what you can. And that would a little bit explain the situation right now. But at the end of the day, they have left a lot of opportunity on the table. Yeah, and I kind of agree with, you know, the kicking the can notion. I can't say that I don't disagree because... I do want the Bears to start over with a new quarterback that they bring in and kind of develop through the system. I really want that. But at the same time, the way this whole year has worked out, yes, the Bears can still go up and make that trade to get one of the quarterbacks that they want and still go for it all this year. I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to be a fully played season. There's not, or hopefully, I mean, hopefully it's going to be a fully played season. And hopefully we end up getting a Super Bowl winner. But if that ends up being the case, it's still going to be chaotic. The doors are still all open. And hey, you have one of one of the best defenses in the league. So you might as well go for it. Try to patch together this offense that really mm-hmm. just needs some tweaking and everything and go for it. Bo- boost everything up. Try to just let the defense carry it. Let the offense manage the game. You know, they don't have to be insanely good, but they need to have their moments. And hey, you never know where you're going to end up, you know, come January and February. You could be in it. You could be playing to get into the Super Bowl just because you, you know, played some very quality football on both ends, and you know, had decent decent special teams play to back it up. So here you are looking in with an opportunity to make it in the Super Bowl. That would be the the primary scenario. That yeah, 
And like you said, with the Rams and the Eagles, yeah, they've gone in all for it, and they're not in the best spot right now. But look how it turned out. The Eagles won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. They won it. They got their trophy, and the Rams made it to one and played for it. So it's a lot more than what the Bears can necessarily say right now, um, you know, making it into the divisional round or the wild card game just a couple of years back. And, you know, <laughs> seems like uh, just yesterday we were on our old podcast, the Truth Football Podcast for, you know, I really doubt that any of our current listeners ever, <laughs> ever listen to that podcast considering yeah. how unsuccessful it was. But, um, it, you know, something that I remember I'd always make fun of teams for, and I still kind of do, are teams without clear directions, clean, teams that aren't picking, we're either looking for the future or we're trying to win now and not going all in on that direction. Because when you don't, you just kind of end up in this weird purgatory that leads you to making weird decisions. So, you know, from a lot of people, they might look at this Bears team and say, hey, there's holes here, here, and here. You know, these players are not here, here. These players aren't the best players here, here, and here. And I get that. I, I absolutely 100% get that. But at the end of the day, football is a really weird sport. And it's one of the most unpredictable sports that you could possibly think of. I mean, two examples that I want to bring up. It seems like just two, what was it, two years ago when the Ravens had Joe Flacco still under, quarter, under center for them. And the Ravens looked almost certainly like they were just going to blow up the team. And they were going to, you know, aging players. They're going to, you know, cut some players. And, uh, you know, even Lamar Jackson, when he stepped in, he looked okay, but you know, things weren't necessarily clicking on offense. He was having trouble passing the ball. And then last year happened and they're one of the key pieces in the NFL. Obviously they didn't make that much of a playoff splash, but at the end of the day, Lamar Jackson and other pieces on that defense really rose up. There wasn't that much training camp news on Lamar Jackson or or anything like that. He just rose up and and something weird happened. And, you know, look at the Bears in 2018. The defense, it was the best in the NFL by far. One of the best of the past decade, right? That kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, you know, we knew we had talented pieces, but if they were to all put it together, we didn't really know. Weird things can happen. One other example I want to give you, 49ers last year, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo gets back from a knee injury. You're like, okay, you know, they get Nick Bosa. It's like, okay, that's pretty good. But they still had a lot of different holes on their team. They still had, you know, they're coming off a not a great defensive performance, not a great offensive performance. What were they? They had like the third pick in the NFL last year, the year prior. They yeah. got Nick Bosa, yeah. you know? Right. They, they they were not a good team, even though they didn't have a court. You really think Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough to just take the team from, you know, what was it, like 3-13? and 13? to whatever they were this year what was it like 14 and 14 and 2 or something i can't remember yeah well, enough for they get them you know the the first overall seed i do believe or unless Foot- that was the saints but either way yeah. one of the yeah. top two Foot- teams football is a weird sport and you can do a lot by just being one of the few teams that go all in and it seemed like in 2018 ryan pace went all in he stuck his hand in and then he pulled back Mm-hmm. And now we're kind of at where we are today. So, you know, maybe we can add in a little section right here uh, talking about how happy we are signing Leonard Fournette. But at the end of the day, I'm not predicting it because so far Ryan Pace has showed me that he's not too interested in making a move like that. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess that's all that can be said there. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, the last segment for the show Matt Nagy came out the other day and said that he is going to, in fact, be picking a starting quarterback relatively soon. We should be getting the news, uh, hopefully, before our podcast next week, and we can talk about the actual decision. But uh, 
before that happens, we just want to kind of give our own QB predictions, kind of discuss how, you know, training camp worked out and where it's kind of leaving us right now. So, uh, Reportedly so far, it's been pretty close. Some say, you know, Trubisky won the last practice for the media. Some say Foles did. There's, you know, kind of some differing opinions there. Reese, why don't you give me your first take? Who do you think is going to end up being the starting quarterback week one? And who do you think actually deserves that? I think that the starting quarterback week one will be Mitchell Trubisky. I will stand with that and what I've been saying for the past couple of weeks. However, I think that it's gotten closer. I think that Trubisky started camp doing better and uh, kind of looked like he was going to be the one that at least deserved to have it. But I think the one that's kind of starting to show that he deserves to have it is is Foles. Um, like you said, there's been limited media coverage. We don't know exactly what's going on. But I think what's going on is I think that in drills, maybe they still look kind of close. I, I think that Foles has probably stood out there too. But I think that it's everything else and in, in breaking down the tape and everything else where Foles is kind of winning out and, you know, probably stands out a little bit more to Nagy. So I think that Foles honestly deserves it. You know, will Nagy put Foles in, though, and be the starting quarterback? I'm not sure. I'm still going to go with Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of starting to believe that Nick Foles is the rightful owner of the QB1 position, but I still think that it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky week one. I know this has definitely changed since our previous podcast where I think both of us gave Foles as our prediction, um, you know, at the beginning of the, you know, beginning, beginning of summer, beginning of free agency, because we just kind of viewed that this Mitchell Trubisky thing is really over. And then it turns out that it looks like Mitchell Trubisky really showed up to try to, you know, keep his spot. I know the bears were kind of intentional with what they were showing the media. They were kind of, it didn't seem like they were going through full, actual like gameplay situations from my understanding the whole practice at soldier field it was pretty much only uh situational drills so that even if you threw a 20 yard completion you'd go back and it'd be like third and five and you can't really get into a you know a rhythm like that you can't really get into anticipation obviously these quarterbacks are going against a defense that they know like the back of their hand which I think will, you know, once we get to the regular season, Mitchell Trubisky will probably uh, end up losing out on the mental side of the game. But at the end of the day, I kind of fall back on the concept that if you put Nick Foles out there week one, that's the end. Like Mitchell Trubisky is done in Chicago. He's never going to be our quarterback again unless Nick Foles gets an injury somehow or unless he's (laughs) being our backup next year, which I, you know, I just do not predict happening. I, I foresee it being, uh, I, I, foresee, I foresee him being off the roster next year, probably regardless of whatever happens this year, with the exception of him having a 30 touchdown season and beyond. But at the end of the day, uh, exactly what I was saying before, if you put Mitchell Trubisky out, you can absolutely make the change to Foles. You could sell it off to the media. Hey, you know, we want to give the incumbent, you know, the chance to really win. We want to go with the, the player that we have a lot of draft stock invested in, the younger player, the player that probably has a little bit of higher ceiling. And uh, then you make the transfer to Foles and you're like, you know, he lost the job. We gave him it. We gave him the opportunity because it was close. And now Nick Foles is our guy for right now. That is, I mean, that is kind of been Nick Foles' role his entire career. So I don't think there's any issue with doing that. And again, look at the Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill situation in Tennessee. 
how how smoothly that went. Mariota started last year, but they were able to transfer over directly to Tannehill. So I think that Mitchell Trubisky ends up starting the season, and I do believe that he ends up uh, uh, losing the job somewhere midseason. Yeah, I can really foresee him losing it too. I think that, you know, for a lot of the reasons that you said, you know, you end up giving Trubisky the first shot, you know, see if he can prove it, see what he's done to improve, to move on from a lot of his struggles last year. But, you know, the reason why, you know, you're still clinging on to hope that he can be the starting quarterback is just because of his potential. It's not what he was able to, you know, do last year. In 2018, he had a good season, sure, but. You know, he's put in a lot of really good situations. You know, the defense put him in a lot of beneficial situations, you know, already on the other team's side of the field where it's easier to kind of scoop up some points. You know, as soon as you bench Trubisky, like you said, you know, you're basically calling that the end of an era. There's no other reason after you bench him, you're basically just showing that, hey, the person that we thought had the ability to be our long-term starting quarterback doesn't have it. So, you know, then you pass the torch on to Foles, who, like you said, has been in a lot of situations, you know, very similar to this, you know. And there's a potential of it working out like it did in Tennessee, sure, where, you know, they could potentially catch some fire with him, you know, get some new momentum going off of, you know, that energy of changing quarterback kind of makes you a new team. You know, whenever you change your quarterback, you have a different identity, a different look, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So, sure, maybe that's something they could, you know, get going with. But there's really no doubt in my mind that I feel that, you know, the one really more fit to be the starting quarterback, the one that if you were playing, you know, like one game just to win it all next week and you had to pick your starter, I feel like you'd go with Foles if you just wanted to win one game. Yeah, and, you know, I I do think that Mitchell Trubisky, you know, putting him up against the Lions week one is a positive situation for him. I mean, he's owned the Lions throughout his entire career here, uh, has not really had any issue handling them whatsoever. So, you know, putting him in that advantageous situation week one, unlike the Packers games over the past two years, might give him a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of a buzz he can ride off into the rest of the season with, you know, which could also be beneficial for him there. So, you know, I think that it probably will be the right decision putting Mitchell Trubisky in there. Us Bears fans have the right to know if all this hard work he put in this past offseason is actually going to cement to anything. But if he loses that game, like, it, if he even, I think that if he even loses that one single week one game, no matter what happens, I think that's the end of the Trubisky era in Chicago. If he wins it, he's going to extend it a little bit longer, but I think he, we're going to have a tight leash on him regardless. And I think truthfully, I think Nagy wants to put Foles out there. I really think that Nagy probably wants to put Foles out there, but he feels like he must put Trubisky out there. Yeah, and that's the only little part of it that I worry about there is because I feel like management and coaching, this is probably going to be one of their first kind of major rifts between, you know, I, I think that you're completely right. I think Nagy's choice would be the guy that's, you know, more of the system fit, knows things a lot better. You know, like we said a lot, that Trubisky wasn't really someone that Nagy wanted to work with from the start. So I don't think Nagy has much qualms moving on from him and I think that, you know, in a certain way, Pace wants to see, kind of hopefully give him validation that maybe he'll turn out and be something or just give him that clarity that he needs to make this move in the offseason if it means that they're finally cutting ties with him or whatever is going on. But, yeah, I, I think that that's the only part that worries me a little bit is I feel like, you know, Pace and Nagy have had a pretty harmonious relationship. And uh, I don't really know if that will be the case after that. I don't know how ugly this could possibly end up being. 
And you know what? I want to throw in one last segment here, uh, just at the end, kind of call an audible here. Uh, <laughs> something that Mr. Yeah. Trubisky should learn how to do. Um, <laughs> I, th- I, I, I want to talk about my issue with some of my issues with Matt Nagy. And I think that you should share yours as well, because, Hey, we both, I think we both have positive outlooks on Matt Nagy, but as with anything, even if you have a positive outlook on a player coach team, you need to understand where their shortcomings are in order to properly evaluate them. And Matt Nagy definitely, he definitely has some shortcomings, you know? And the first one that I want to point out and that it's been, it's becoming more and more clear to me. I think he's a little bit of a control freak. You know, I think when it comes to offense, when it comes to how quarterbacks play, when it comes to the running game, I think that he feels an internal need for his creativity to be sensed on every single play and for his, uh, like really his strengths as a coach to be felt on every single play. I feel like he needs to, he feels the need to include a lot of scripted plays, a lot of creative plays. I feel like he really feels the need to control everything on the field. And in the NFL, that's not always the best case scenario because guess what? Things break down. Things don't always work out the way you plan them to. You can't really plan in the NFL because, hey, the defense aligned in this trick position and it, it didn't really work out. Hey, you know, this player is is starting, you know, today. Uh, hey, this player is injured today. The game plan needs to be very fluid and things need to change. So that's one of my biggest issues with Matt Nagy. Yeah, I, I'm right with you on that one. I think that you know, his stubbornness and that right to not really make changes or make adjustments. He kind of seems to always get frustrated when, you know, he's asked about, you know, why he's not doing something, you know, whether it be running the ball or something. I, I just, yeah, I feel like that he's a bit of a control. So he doesn't really like to be wrong. He continues to go, you know, in his way, even if it's not working or not. And, you know, adaptability is something that is huge in the league. I mean, the teams that have been successful for long stretches of time have adapted massively. I mean, you know, the way the New England Patriots played at the beginning of their dynasty till the end of their dynasty, if it's already ended, I mean, who knows, maybe we'll all go out and win another one. You know, it's a much different style of play. The New England Patriots are going to look a lot different this year with Cam Newton at play at quarterback. They're not just going to give him Tom Brady's playbook. They're going to create a whole new offense for him. There's no bigger opposites in the NFL than Tom Brady and Cam Newton. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, those are the changes that need to happen and the adjustments that need to happen. And and I think that, you know, I've always said that the way that, you know, Nagy kind of leads publicly, I think his relation, his public image aren't always the best I think that the Bears operate internally pretty well. I think he probably gets along with most of the players very well. But, you know, I don't think he really does a great job at, you know, kind of maintaining, you know, a kind of civil fan base at times. I think he has a lot of people get against him just because of the way he acts in the media at times. And not that you have to be a great coach with the media. I mean, Bill Belichick doesn't really say anything. You know, a lot of our coaches, Pete Carroll can be kind of short, you know, it, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you are with the media, but when things are going bad, you know, it can kind of not help. And, you know, some of the questions that the players have to answer, it doesn't make it easy on his players by any means. And doesn't really necessarily rally the fan base on his side sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really think that if we go out and change our coach, one thing that I think that the bears really need to focus on is adaptability. 
Because sure, you know, Matt Nagy, he didn't pick out Mitchell Trubisky to be his quarterback, but could he really not figure out a way to make that work? Sure. He didn't pick out Jordan Howard, who I've been extremely critical of. I think that the fact that we trade him is fine. I'm not, I was never, you know, I'm probably gonna get some hate from this too, because Jordan Howard seems to be beloved by Bears fans once again, uh, even though he's on his third team in the past two years now. Um, he, I, I think that we Nagy really does lack some sort of adaptability principles. It seems like, you know, when he gets player when he came in, he needed to find players that fit him perfectly. He needs a quarterback that fits him perfectly. If you need like, and I, you know, I do believe that Matt Nagy can be a really good coach, but in a way that sort of adaptability aspect where you really need to adapt around your coach that can cause a lot of issues, you know, and it might take a really long time in order to build that. There's no wonder it takes five years to build this offense because, hey, only one-fifth of the players in the NFL actually fit his scheme. And that's the thing is I, I hope that if Nagy helps with the quarterback selection process of next year's draft, which is almost inevitably inevitably going to happen, that he not only picks the best scheme fit for him, but he picks the best player. And that's one thing, again, Bill Belichick, perfect person to bring up. There's been a lot of players who get cut late in the season that Bill Belichick picks up. He might, They may not be a perfect fit for the defense. They may not be a perfect fit for the offense, but he makes it work. And at the end of the day, that is such a valuable quality in the NFL. That's honestly what also kept uh, geez, uh, John Harbaugh, the Ravens coach, right? That's the right Harbaugh, right? I always yeah, get confused. John, okay. John, okay. John, yeah. All right, yeah, John Harbaugh. I always get confused by by the coaches' names. That I mean, look at him. He went from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson isn't necessarily the best system fit. He's someone that would surely not work in Matt Nagy's offense. But guess right. what? He is a good football player. He has his strengths. He has his weaknesses. And at the end of the day, John Harbaugh has constructed an offense that plays around his strengths extremely well. And that's why, yeah. honestly... If Matt Nagy was the head coach of Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if Patrick Mahomes would be the player that he is today. I know he obviously played called for him, or not, he actually didn't play called for him. He actually helped with his development. But Patrick Mahomes, someone who also definitely has his weaknesses, but the way that Andy Reid uses him is so good that you just completely don't see them on the field. Yeah, and honestly, Lamar Jackson kind of saved a lot of the heat that was on John Harbaugh. Oh, absolutely. You know, possibly be on the hot team. He's someone that won a Super Bowl with them. But, you know, just because of a couple mediocre or lackluster seasons, kind of looked like he had one foot out the door for a moment. And then he turns around, becomes extremely adaptable, and uses Lamar Jackson very well. And like you said, Andy Reid, someone that, you know, always seemed to get just quite there, never really won the Super Bowl, you know. Always was looking for that in his career. It seemed like he had a, he couldn't really figure out things his first couple of years at Kansas City that I was getting knocked out early in the playoffs. But then he gets Mahomes, you know, learns how to utilize him perfectly, and boom, they go out and become well one of the more dominant you know teams in the past couple of years. Looks like they're surely going to be you know fighting for Super Bowls in the next couple of years, and you know probably maybe for the next four or five years they can keep working their cat magic like they have, but. It's just something, you know, we always talk about bringing in Cam Newton, but the one thing that scared me with that was could Nagy even adapt enough to make Nagy or to make Newton work in the system, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, I understand uh, a lot of the concerns that you have, and I think that they're shared. And I don't think that necessarily means that Matt Nagy is an awful coach, but there's some things he could definitely improve on to kind of move him into that next level. I think that he deserved Coach of the Year when he won it. 
you know, because he really turned around the Bears being one of kind of the bottom dwellers in the division to, you know, being one of the top teams in the league at that point. But so far, his past uh, 2019 didn't really fit the bill, and that's why, you know, 2020 is such an important year coming up. And, you know, we like Matt Nagy. We're a fan of him. Uh, we He definitely has his flaws, but we just want to talk about them and have this open conversation as Bears fans. We know that we get called Packers fans, apparently, <laughs> by some of y'all. But, uh, we'll be hearing more of that. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you guys might not uh, be too interested in listening to the podcast when uh, – when we lose because I'm sure that we will have some harsh words and we don't, we won't just blame it on the refs or anything like that. We are a very realistic bears podcast. We do not like to, you know, we, we don't like to be too negative and we don't like to be too positive and definitely can be a balancing game. There's definitely times where we are too negative or too positive, but we try our best to be as analytical as possible and really just make the most out of, uh, you know, really analyzing a team that we don't have a whole bunch of information on right now. It really sucks that we weren't able to go to training camp. But at the end of the day, the season is coming up very shortly. I believe the first NFL game is officially a week from tomorrow. Now the Bears aren't playing, but that Thursday night game a week from tomorrow, that's huge. Uh, it's it's going to be a blessing that the NFL is back. We're obviously going to be doing tons of different content, uh, just thanks to the season now we're going to be able to do you know post game you know reactions pre-game you know predictions and all all different kinds of things we're able to bring that to you guys this coming season because hey we actually have an nfl season and right now this covid stuff is uh the nfl's handling it surprisingly like surprisingly and it seems like other leagues are too mlb handling it so uh hopefully that remains uh uh, that remains uh, the same as we go into the season. And I am so excited to go against the Detroit Lions week one. Uh, any final comments, Reese? No, nah, I mean, bear down and uh, very excited. Exciting the football is coming back very soon. You know, without college football and uh, at my university, it kind of sucks. And, you know, without Big Ten and, and all that, being a Michigan fan, that blows as well. So it's going to be really nice to go out and watch some some football. Definitely depraved of it at the moment. So ex- as excited for kickoff as everyone else is, I'm sure. We're going to have to cut out the part where Reese said he was a Michigan fan, but uh, that's going to yeah. be that's going to be about the end of the show, guys. Thank you so much for joining us once again. <laughs> and uh, we will be coming back to you you know, Wednesday and then uh, coming out with a new schedule for you guys pretty shortly with uh, some, you know, increased upload times. And we're really excited. So bear down everyone and uh, here's to a good season. Peace.